When productivity meets party with your girl, Party Perry, are you ready to turn, 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 turn up your happiness, turn up your success and everything in between. Learn how to have fun while getting all your stuff done. Grab the red solo cup and a pen because we are about to party. Yo, yo, what's good, Party Squad? Welcome to another episode of Productivity Meets Party with your girl, Party Perry. Or you can just call me Perry. Do you have a side hustle? Are you ready to take that side hustle to a full-time hustle? Well, before you take the leap, there's a couple of things that you need to have in place to protect yourself and your business. In today's episode, we are talking all about business license with my cousin, Julissa. She is a UMass law graduate and the coolest lawyer that I know. So what type of business license do you get? What are the tax benefits? What are the liabilities? Well, we talk about it all in today's episode. Before we get in the episode, I just want to share my listener of the week to share my appreciation to the party squad. To be featured as a listener of the week, leave a review on Apple Podcasts. But if you don't have Apple, it's okay. Share it on your story on Instagram or Facebook or Snapchat. Tell a friend. There's many ways that you can still support the podcast. This week's listener of the week is from A Can of Bliss Moon. She says, productivity meets party. So happy I came across your IG and now your podcast. I can't wait to dive in with you, queen. I'm really excited about your giveaways. You are so generous, fingers crossed. Speaking about giveaways, guys, I'm doing a new one. I'm doing a new one for back to school. Are you a college student going back to school or do you got kiddos going back to school? Well, if you leave a leave a review this month, you will be entered to get a $50 gift card to Amazon. So if you leave a review this month, you'll get a $50 gift card to Amazon. I'll put you in a drawing and I'll pick one of the beautiful listeners in the party squad to win that gift card. The giveaway closes August 16th. So it gives you um, about two weeks or so. I'm not sure. Do you guys start after Labor Day here in Vegas? We don't. We always start the last Monday of August. So if you live in Vegas or if you start after Labor Day, I got your back. I got you. So leave a review and you could be entered for a chance to win a $50 gift card to Amazon. So I'm going to announce the winner August 16th. That means you have until August 13th to leave a review because it takes 48 hours, 48 hours for me to see it on Apple Podcasts because Apple is playing games. So the last chance for you to review the podcast to win the $50 Amazon gift card would be August 13th. And then August 16th, the following Monday, I will announce the winner. Yes. I'm feeling really good about it. Hope you're feeling good about it. Also, before we get into the episode, which I'm super excited about, I hope it does really good. I hope there's a lot of side hustlers here listening and really wanting to level up their business and their career and to start a life that they truly love. But before we get into the episode, of course, I got to share my see a chug, send a chug and my party foul moment of the week. So my see a chug, send a chug moment is honestly like all my students are killing it. Freaking one of my students, Skylar, she got like 20 clients this week. 
I have Kaylee and Karina like about to launch their businesses in like three weeks and I'm just so proud of them and their success is my success and it just is like holy shit like what I'm teaching is actually working and people are getting benefits and I have students finally hitting 1k and 2k and their engagement is like soaring and it, it just feels good that what I'm actually teaching is giving people results like it's crazy so I'm just really proud of myself for um, spending money like on coaching on myself doing research and really preparing each session for my students for their success I've been really like preparing each session really um, diligently to really just prepare them and so there's no waste of time that each session we're fucking knocking shit out and we're getting things done and I'm just so proud of them and me being proud of them, proud of myself because they actually are getting success of what I'm asking them and telling them to do. Isn't that, that's crazy. And I'm snaps to that. Um, my party foul this week, y'all, this house is crazy dirty. I need to clean it. I'm like looking in the room. I really just need to clean up the house like really bad like the floors need to be clean the baseboards need to be clean like the tub needs to be clean like I just have like a whole list actually I have a honey-do list so Doug if you're listening to this I have the honey-do list for you all the things that need to be cleaned in the house um just kidding boo just kidding I will help you clean I will help you clean before this gets any longer i really want to get into the episode and i really hope you enjoy this i want to bring her back on the show talking all about contracts so if you guys are super interested about the law aspect aspect of running a business please let me know if you love today's episode please tag the podcast productivity perry tag me party Perry share it to a friend again we are doing the $50 gift card to Amazon if you leave a review and yeah let's let's get into the episode today I'm here with a very special guest I haven't seen her in literally years she's my cousin my favorite cousin and she's not only a badass bitch but she's also a lawyer she's killing the game and I love it. And I wanted her to talk about business license and just, just a lawyer point of view of being an entrepreneur and what you should do as an entrepreneur. So thank you coming on. Thank you for coming on the show, Jalisa. I appreciate you. Of course. Of course. So just tell the audience more about yourself. Where are you from? Where'd you go to school? And what do you do? Okay. Um, so my name is Jalisa Almonesty. Um, I consider myself bi-coastal, you know, um, definitely New York, New Jersey slash Arizona. Um, I went to school at UMass Law in Massachusetts, a very small law school, loved it. Um, would not recommend law school to anyone, just in case you're wondering. <laughs> uh, a lot of work and, but you know, if you love the law. Um, before I went to law school, I worked in television for about eight years. Um, so I worked on a lot of reality television shows, did a little bit of scripted, but I was mostly into reality TV. Really loved it. Um, it, it just didn't have a lot of upward mobility for me. And I knew I can go to law school, be done with law school and be a lawyer. So um, 
that's why I decided to go to law school because I could make money and still make movies later if I really wanted to. It didn't, doesn't have to be my first, you know, baby. Um, so I went to law school mostly because not only did I want to up, have upward mobility in my career, but I also liked the idea of being able to help people with my words. Like people come to me for advice. Um, you know, they call us uh, practitioners and counselors. They don't call us counselors for anything. We are literally counseling people, you know? So I really like that aspect of being an attorney, um, being able to have answers for people. Um, so yeah, and now I'm here and I'm able to counsel you, so. <laughs> yeah, thank you, I appreciate you for coming on. What law do you practice? Um, currently, I'm working mostly in workers' compensation and labor law. Um, so, you know, you get hurt at work, you want to file a petition to get your money, you would, I mostly do defense, so I usually defend the claims. Um, so most of our clients are insurance companies or uh, states. Um, but then on the other side of my job is labor and employment law. So if you have any issues with your job in terms of um, Maybe you got fired for something you wouldn't think is okay. Um, or maybe you feel like somebody did something racist at work. Like I, I would also defend those claims. Um, yeah, that's mostly what I do now, but it's 99% workers' compensation, which could be a little boring, but everybody, you know, a lot of people get hurt at work. So, yeah. What got you into workers' comp? <clears throat> uh, job availability not gonna lie you know I was I was a law clerk before this working for a judge um, in civil law so you know as a clerk you're doing pretty much like 95% of the judge's job you know you're not really supposed to say that but that's really what you do you the judge is listening to everything and they're pretty much just handing you all of the papers that they're getting you know they get a motion they hand it to you if somebody's making an argument you know they're looking at you like I hope you're and taking notes, you know, because like, you're going to be the one to do all of the research. Um, and then you usually write the opinion for the judge. So you'll write their like 30 page opinion, oh, wow. read it, edit it. Um, but it's basically the law clerk's job to find all of the law, um, read all of the papers. So if like attorneys are turning in 30, 50 page motions, you're reading it, you know, and you're having to put it into an opinion. Um, so I did that for a year, which is typically the term that you have for a law clerk. And then my job was over in September, 2020. So it was the middle of the pandemic, you know? Mm. So most of, most of the firms that I was looking to apply to or looking at jobs before the pandemic were on a hiring freeze. Mm. So not to say that the firm that I'm at is not a firm that I wanted to be at, but the the law, the area of law that I'm in was sort of like, well, this is kind of what we have open now, you know, but because I'm at such a, a firm that does everything, it wasn't a problem for me because I can start in workers' compensation and do other things while I'm still at the firm. So it was kind of just like I fell into workers' compensation and not necessarily I wanted to do it, but it's not a bad area of the law to know. Mm -hmm. Cause it's every job needs to have workers' compensation insurance. So there's always going to be a job for me somewhere with that under yeah. my belt. That's awesome. I work for, I do prior authorizations for a radiology company out here and we get a lot of workers comp stuff coming our way. Mm -hmm. I'm sure. Yes. I mean, 90% of my job right now, because I'm an associate, you know, it's my first year. 
So 95% of the work that I do is just reading medical records all day, all day, all day, all day. I didn't know that I would know what a laminectomy is and radicalopathy and like all of these like medical terms that I'm like, why do I know what this is? <laughs> That's funny. Mm -hmm. So today we're talking about business license, which I need to get one. I need to get my shit together legally with my business license. <laughs> so what is a business license anyway? Um, okay. Well, I mean, a business license basically gives you authorization to do work in this, do business in the state that you're in. Um, and the reason that you need that is because you need to be taxed. Um, you know, the state is going to want to get your money. Um, and say you were doing something, there are certain small businesses that you don't necessarily need to have a business license for. However, the main thing that a lot of my bosses and people that I've worked have told me is you always want to CYA cover your own ass. So, you know, it's always important to get a business license as soon as you have a business idea or want to go into business. Number one, for tax purposes. Number two, to register your name. Because um, if you don't register your name and somebody else has the same name or idea that they want to have and they register it before you, you're shit out of luck. Um, so you definitely want to register your business just primarily for tax purposes and for liability purposes and for... Um, trademark purposes i would say intellectual property purposes would be that issue mm -hmm. um but yeah i would register your business as soon as you kind of know the idea and then that goes it goes then from what kind of business do you want to register it as um you know in my in law school we were just nailed down to the head with with llc's like it was like if you don't start an llc you're probably doing something wrong um because you can be a sole proprietor can you know if you register your business as one person you're automatically going to be deemed a sole proprietorship if you register your business with two people you're automatically going to be deemed a partnership you actually have to register and tell them you want to be an llc or you want to be a c corporation um so yeah definitely register your business and decide what kind of business structure you want to be um before you register your business what's the difference from llc um, and then is it C, C Corp or S Corp? There's C Corp and S Corp. So S Corp is just the tax designation, but it's actually like a C Corp, but the S Corp would be the tax designation because you can be, um, uh, sorry, you're making me dig into my law school days. <laughs> um, but you can also be another type of corporation basically where uh, a B corporation, it's a benefit corporation, um, which is different from an S Corp based upon your taxes. Because a benefit corporation, um, you're basically like a for-profit nonprofit. So a benefit corporation means that a certain percent of your profits have to go towards like environment or something, which would be a very high percentage of your corporation. That's why it's like a certain tax designation because it probably has to be like 40% of what you bring in your revenue goes to helping the greater good. So you're a B corporation, you get taxed differently. An S corporation would be the typical corporations that you think of um, are all probably S-Corps, um, but you you register as a C-Corp and you're taxed as an S-Corp, hmm. if that. Okay. Yeah, that makes of, sense. Yeah. Um, so the difference really is like taxes and liability with LLCs and business and corporations. Uh, with the LLC, they, they call it pass-through taxes, which means that you're taxed as a person and not as a business and a person. Whereas a corporation, you're taxed as not only the business entity, but as a person through that business entity. So you're getting taxed twice. 
So it's really important in terms of how you're taxed in the company and then how the company is managed. So with like a corporation, you have to have managers. Um, you have to have a certain corporate structure. So you have to have like bylaws. Um, you have to have meetings, like yearly meetings. Um, these are, and these aren't just like uh, things that you think you have, like they are legally required based upon your structure. Whereas an LLC, you have a lot more uh, flexibility in terms of how you structure your business. You don't have to have monthly meetings. You don't have to like record certain business aspects. Um, it can be managed by the people that also own it. So they're called managers in, um, excuse me, they're called members in an LLC. So you can have a member managed LLC. Whereas like a, an, a corporation, it's typically managed by someone who doesn't own it. Like that's why there's like a CEO and then okay. like levels, there's different um, corporate structures. Whereas an LLC can be managed by the same people who own it. So it can be member managed is what they call it. Or you have manager managed. Um, so the management structure is different. Um, and those legal requirements, those yearly legal requirements, there's so far fewer legal requirements on an LLC. Like I said, you don't have to have those monthly meetings. You don't have to report certain things to every member um, in the corporation. Uh, the liability aspect when, you know, you get sued through the LLC, they're suing the LLC. It's much harder to what they call pierce the corporate veil um, on an LLC than it would be for an S corp. Um, but yeah, I mean, those are the basic, the basic things are liability and taxes are the two basic ideas of what you're benefiting from. I know you mentioned structure. What do you mean by that? Structure is just like how many people, like the owners wise or? That and like how, how the company is actually managed. Um, so with like, um, with a, an S, the corporation, you have to have bylaws and you have to have, um, I think it's called an agreement. So you have to have these two separate documents that are legally required. Those aren't legally required in the, in the LLC. So part of your structure is you have to have those two things. Legal requirements is that part of your structure is you have to have those monthly meetings with your members. Um, and then like you have to have a CEO, CFO, um, and you have to have managers. Uh, like you just don't have to have those certain corporate levels and struct like I keep using the word structures, but you just don't have to have those in place with the LLC. There's a lot more um, flexibility and less legal parameters and hoops that you have to go through in order to maintain your LLC. Mm. LLCs do become harder once they become bigger and bigger and you have more and more managers. Mm -hmm. um, so you do eventually sort of have to get that shit together if you want, you want it to work out, but you don't have those legal parameters you know those are the big things that you're worried about if you're focusing all the time on what you have to keep um uh regulations that you have to keep up with it becomes very hard as opposed to llc's where it's like yo we're good you know you're managing it we don't have to report this you know it's bada bing bada boom very easy nice i love that it seems like llc is just easy to do and maintain with like taxes and the long run liability yep Mm -hmm. can you register for multiple business license like let's say like one day like I'm coaching now but I'm like you know what tomorrow I don't know I'm gonna sell red solo cups right. would I create two different ones or could I do under the same one does it matter 
you could you could create you know red solo llc and training llc you know um and you could have them under a parent company so maybe your big company is perry llc and then you have all these subsidiaries you know perry training mm -hmm. llc but they're all under the branch of your big llc um like you can buy an llc with an llc oh okay hmm. like a lot of people so that's another thing with the llc's and an, an s corp well a c corp is that with a corporation you creating it for the purposes of starting a business an llc you don't necessarily need to be making a business for profit you can create an LLC and purchase property with it, you know? So maybe you make Perry LLC and you start purchasing property with that. And why that would be good is so if somebody gets hurt in that property, it would be on the LLC and not you. It'd be the liability of the LLC. So a lot of people actually do that. Like if you and your family wanted to do something, the best course of action, rather than you guys just pooling your money and putting your individual names on it would be to start an LLC and you purchase it through your LLC. So that's a, another good thing about the LLC is that it doesn't have to be a business for profit. You can just do it, you know, because you want to have that layer of liability protection. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. I feel like you asked me something originally that I didn't answer. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. When should you get a business license? Do you think you should get it when you actually start getting income when you have some cash flow, or just like the moment you think of the idea when you think would be the best time to purchase one? I mean, it's, it's business licenses and like LLCs, they're not very expensive to start. Like, so it's kind of like, why not do it as soon as you're able to? I mean, I think typically you're not going to spend more than like $500 to start an LLC. You go to like, typically your secretary of state is typically where you register a business. And you can even go to the secretary of state's website typically and look up and see if there's an LLC that has the same name as you, because you can do a business um, business entity search on your secretary of state, which would actually probably be the first thing you want to check. Like if you're trying to make a business called Perry's, whatever, you want to go to your secretary of state, look in the business entity registry and see if there's already something registered with that name in your state. Uh, Cause that's really important. You might have this idea that you've been thinking of for months or weeks and you have the name and you have the idea, it's already registered. You know what I mean? So always want to kind of do your preliminary basic uh, research. Um, but in terms of when you want to register, I would register it as, as soon as possible. I mean, why not? You know, if you have the money, if you have the, the 500, 300, $400 or however much it is to register it, get on it. You know, you don't ever want to miss your opportunity because you, you know, were a little late to register and somebody else already did. Yeah, for sure. I know in Vegas, it's about $500. Um, some of my students, they're starting their own businesses. One lives in Washington and it's like $190. I'm like, what? I need to move there. <laughs> right. It definitely varies by state. Um, and that's another thing is like all this stuff really varies by state. Typically with the LLC structures and the sort of business structures don't really vary too much. Um, but in terms of maybe like where you would need to register might be different, but it's typically your secretary of state. That's typically a very easy, um, cheap, relatively cheap, considering how much you could make from an LSC prop, you know, mm -hmm. uh, thing to do. Do you typically have like annual fees or like renewals? Um, I'm 
not a hundred percent sure. I would think that um, in order to uh, keep your license, there would be renewal fees. Um, this is just purely me like inferring and thinking about how things are usually paid for. I would think that there would be a renewal fee. Um, you know, me personally, I don't have any businesses myself. Um, I've worked with businesses in Massachusetts. Um, so once again, another different state with different regulations and laws, but typically, yeah, you would have to pay to renew it because it would be, it would almost be like you pay once and then you have a business forever, you know, in fortitude, which wouldn't really make sense because you're registered with the state. They want to tax you, you know? So yeah, I would, I would assume just through an educated guess that you would have to pay a yearly or, you know, recurring fee. Mm -hmm. Since it is like a state to state basis, do you know, let's say like I registered my business here in Nevada and then two years later I moved to California. Do you know if I would have to? You would have to register it there as yeah. well. You can do a federal registration, which is recommended. Okay. Um, yeah, I forgot the name of the document. There's some document number. Um you can register your doc you can register your something your uh your llc uh federally which would be smart if you if you're thinking about um working uh nationally um there's a document it's a number i mean it's on the irs tax website here let me just see if i can pull it up really quick um but you would want to register it so that you can um you can work nationally and not worry about somebody else using your trademark or losing your trademark. Um, it's very cheap also to register with the, uh, the PTO, the USPTO. I know that's not very expensive at all. The United States uh, Patent and Trademark Office. Okay. Um, but there's a I was like, pay time off? What are you talking yeah. about? <laughs> <laughs> What's up? Um, no, there's a tax document, which is just easily on the IRS website that you want to file so that you can be taxed federally and be recognized federally. Um, mm -hmm. Because yeah, if you register with your state, Secretary of State, you're only registering your LLC in that state. It's not being recognized everywhere, unfortunately. Um, so I would recommend looking into the USPTO. I mean, if your company is not that big, it's a smaller LLC, you know, I, I don't know how, how many times that's really gonna become an issue for you. Mm -hmm. um, but definitely look into registering with the USPTO, the United States uh, Patent and Trademark Office. Again, a very easy process in the same way that it is to register your LLC. Um, it's just all about documentation and bureaucracy, but it's not, you know, it's not an arduous process. Mm -hmm. This wasn't a question, but it kind of came to me. What is the difference, I guess, between a business license and a trademark? Which one would you get first? Do you need to get both of them? Well, your business license protects your your business. Your trademark would protect your product or like okay. your intellectual property of the product. Um, now, it depends. Like you can't trademark everything, number one. It has to be in a specific category of items in order to trademark it. Um, Number two, like right now, I can't think of any trademarkable ideas that you would have. Like, you know, you, you do training. Um, you can't really trademark ways of thinking, if that makes any sense. You know, you can't even trademark recipes. 
which is kind of oh, okay um because it's kind of like look it's a mixture of whatever you know anybody can kind of guess um so i mean if you have an idea that you think is super unique maybe you want to trademark it or maybe you have like um a signature uh way that you write your title that you want to register but i mean you can't register i you know you can't trademark ideas um can only trademark like tangibles uh okay that makes sense you know like you can only trademark a thing you've actually created and like put together you can you touch know? right like you can't really you can yeah it's it's very difficult when it comes to trademarking and stuff it's it's a whole nother beast in terms of um why you would trademark what versus why you would create an llc the llc is for the business the trademarking is for the uh, whatever you create in the business, but it would have to be some sort of unique product or, you know, unique signage. Um, so it, it, yeah, it's kind of a different realm than, than the business side of it, but. Yeah. Okay. Where would you get the business license? You said the secretary of state? Typically it's your secretary of state. Yeah. Um, I don't know any other states that don't use the secretary of state's office. Um, but I would say generally it, it's your secretary of state and it's okay. very, very easy. It's usually online. It's usually an online process. Like I said, no more, I haven't seen it any more than like $500. Um, so it's usually like a hundred dollars to do this and then 150 for this and typically no more than like 500 bucks. Okay. Good to know. Yeah, I know for Nevada, it's a Secretary of State website. You can go in person, but it's in Carson City. So you have to like go to the Capitol. Yeah. yeah who's, who's doing that? You know, yeah. uh, some places they do it by county too. Um, so it, it really just depends on your state. I mean, that's a huge thing with law is that it's so state to state dependent. Um, very few things are actually like done federally. Um, so like with anything that I feel like, you know, I typically say is like, you know, always want to kind of just double check in your state, speak to an attorney in your state. You know, I think one of your questions was, should you ask, seek an attorney or an accountant first? And my, my, that was my next one, yeah. <laughs> my answer would always be an attorney. Um, because even if you have issues with your accountant, say, you know, something down the line goes wrong with an accountant, who are you calling to sue your accountant? or to get to call an attorney, you know? Um, so I typically like to start with an attorney, um, but in that aspect of both attorneys and accountants have fiduciary duties. So you do have um, uh, courses of action against an accountant, you know, if they did something wrong, you could sue them and for uh, negligence, you know, malpractice, I should say. Um, but at the end of the day, if something goes wrong with your accountant, you're gonna to have to call an attorney too. So I think the first place you should go with is an attorney who would also typically be able to recommend you an accountant, you know? Um, so I always start there. Nice, okay, yeah, that, that was my next one. Who should you seek out first, a lawyer or accountant? And I could also tell you that most attorneys are really bad at math and we hate math. <laughs> so we probably know a lot of accountants because None of us ever, ever, ever want to have to deal with math. And that's why we went to law school and not medical school. Oh. <laughs> when do you think someone should seek out counsel and for help? 
as soon as they are starting to feel overwhelmed or can't like find the answers to the questions they're looking for. Um, I mean, as an attorney and someone who went to law school, obviously we always want to say like, you should seek out an attorney as soon as you're like wanting to do anything. Because the deeper you get in something on your own, the more difficult it is for an attorney to get you out of it. Because um, mm. you might have already like admitted stuff that, mm. you know, well, you wrote it down or you signed this contract, you know. Once you sign a contract in, I would say, 98% of the states, I would almost be venturing to say 100% of the states, when you sign a contract, you're deemed to understand what is in the contract. So like, if you try to say, oh, well, I signed it, I didn't know what was in it. Well, why did you sign, sign it? Sign it, yeah. <laughs> like, that's always going to be the answer. Mm -hmm. So like, before you start signing stuff and, you know, putting yourself into holes that your attorney perhaps might not be able to get you out of or would be more expensive to get you out of, you know, you might want to seek out counsel. Because uh, like I said, once you sign that contract, typically a wrap, so... Mm -hmm. What would um, someone get contracts for? I know as a coach, I do have contracts with like private one-on-one -on -one right. students, but if you were selling products per se, like, you know, I don't know. So you can actually fill in your hands. Right. Do you think someone should have a contract with that or have like a terms and conditions on their website? Well, yeah, I mean, you might want to have some sort of terms and conditions on your website, but the good thing with selling goods and services is that there's kind of built-in statutory protections. Um, there's always kind of, it's it's kind of a, a uh, oral contract already when you're selling things. Um, so there are already some common laws that you have to save you when you're selling items. Um, but in terms of like you, if you're selling services, always wanna have a contract for services um it's very important to have contract with services uh because you know you always want to have things written down because at the end of the day people can say i said this and she said that and this said this but if you like fulfill what you guys were talking about it always kind of looks like well well then why did you do it you know mm -hmm. this and that because there's a lot of implications that come with um your actions of completion um in terms of like your services that you offer Mm -hmm. So a court could look and be like, well, it seems like an implied contract because they said, you know, I asked you to do this and then you did it, even though you said you were looking for this, but you didn't get that. And then there's no contract to prove that you would get it after, you know, like there's, mm -hmm. there's always too much implications that can be made based upon your actions and your completion. Um, so I always say, always get a contract or some sort of written agreement prior to you completing your services. I don't, I would never recommend, you know, doing something for somebody in terms of your business without having a contract. Um, but in terms of selling things, you know, a receipt is basically your contract in terms of goods and services. So, um, you're usually good on that selling aspect, but always have an invoice slash receipt because that is your that's your contract basically as a business services seller. I'm glad that you mentioned like verbal contracts. I've been in situa situations where I've talked with a promoter and they said that I was going to get bottle service and get free tickets, but nothing was really written down. No, no one signed anything. How does that work? 
from verbally telling someone you're going to get something versus actually writing it down right um i mean verbal contracts are a thing like that's it's not that they aren't a thing it's just um not something you would want to do uh but then also there are the statute of frauds which basically well, you haven't you haven't gotten you haven't started law school yet miss elsat but <laughs> you know the statute of frauds but um you know so statute of frauds is basically there's certain contracts that verbal contracts that are void because they go against the statute of frauds um so one of the things is a, a services over 500 dollars. so if you have like a contract and you know, you told this person that this person was like, Hey, I need you to do bottle service for me. And it'll be $1,100 is what I'm going to give you. That verbal contract is technically not void because it's over $500 based upon the statute of frauds. And it could oh, be wow. Okay. Um, which is not good for either of you. You know, I mean, you can't really, I mean, you could technically say, well, it was against the statute of fraud. So they owe me my money, blah, blah, blah how are you going to prove the conversation even happened? Number one, this is, I mean, the oral contracts are just never a good idea. Mm -hmm. Um, so I would always, at least, even if you have, um, text message, you know, anything in writing that you guys had an agreement, um, cause it's not necessarily always, uh, you know, you have to sign here and this person signed here and this is the contract contract can be any written agreement any written conversation that you guys had um that memorial oh, okay. you know the agreement um but yeah i mean i i just think it's very important you especially if you want to save yourself legally um because it's expensive to sue people you know hiring an attorney is expensive i am expensive you know <laughs> so <laughs> it's like you don't want to have to go through those hoops and it's much easier if you have the evidence and the information in front of you and it's scarier for people when you have the evidence and the information in front of you you know that cya that covering your ass is very important in terms of that piece of paper where it's like look dude you know i will go to my attorney you know once people hear that they're sort of ready to sort of open their pockets a little bit faster but mm -hmm. if someone is looking for an attorney what would be their first step Ooh, uh, Google. Um, honestly, like, because <laughs> uh, I know it's tough, like, talking to people who are like, well, I just don't know any attorney. Mm -hmm. You know, like, what, how am I supposed to even look? I mean, they have a website called Avo, which is avoo.com. Um, Avo basically has like every registered attorney in the state, and people can leave ratings for them. It's like mm -hmm. basically my teachers or something, but for attorneys. Um, I don't know how that is in terms of actually looking for an attorney, but you can at least see how many people have been leaving comments. And if I know anything about reviews, people are quicker to use an review, leave a review when they're pissed off versus when they've actually enjoyed a service, you know, True. Like, mm -hmm. mostly people complaining and a couple people who were like, it was great, you know, so, um, but definitely like Google and be very specific about what you're looking for, you know. You just kind of put lawyer in Nevada, you're going to get all types of attorneys, you know? Um, so, you know, if you're looking at workers' compensation claim, you want to do best workers' compensation attorneys in Nevada or wherever you are, or best business law attorneys or best LLC attorneys in, you know, always want to be very specific about what you're looking for. It's like, if you're going to the doctor 
and you have a head issue, you're going to look for a neurologist. It's the same way in law. You want to look for that specific type of attorney because a lot of us, once we get into one area, we focus on that. We don't give a shit about the constitution. Like, you know, who knows about constitutional law anymore and like the second amendment, like we probably know we'd have to Google it almost as much as you. Yes, we'll be triggered more with information that we have from when we were whipped in law school and bar, mm-hmm. but we're gonna have to do two, three days of research, four days of research if we don't have much experience in it. And then even from there, we might still read, listen to all this shit, but just not have the actual experience of working in it and understanding how the judges work and understanding how the statutes and law actually works. So it's very beneficial always to you to get somebody who's experienced in that field of law. Because um, if not, they're probably going to be very fish out of water in the same sense. You're going to probably catch them like Googling on the side what you said, because, you know, we can't know every aspect of law in the head. And if there's an attorney who tells you they're, they know everything, like fire them, you know, <laughs> they're lying to you. <laughs> so. I like that. Thank you. I have a question that I ask all the guests. So what does productivity meets party mean to you? How are you able to have fun and get all your stuff done? Um, well, what's great is that a lot of um, networking in the law involves drinking and golfing and like, you know, so it's half of the networking is the party, which is great. You you want to go for a drink and it's like yeah now you drink and you have fun with this person and you know the next day they're like well you know I have these two clients or I have this thing I want you to work on and in order to maintain those relationships you go golfing you meet at the bars you go eat um so that's one part that I really love about my job is that the party is productivity a lot of the times, you know, like you want to take them out. You want to take clients out to games and to the club and like, because you want them to have fun and see that your company is fun, you know? Um, and like, for me, I, I work a lot, but I party, you know, just as much because there's no way I could <laughs> live if I didn't like party a little bit. I was the one in law school, like my first year, people were like, how, how are you alive right now? I'm like, I don't know. But anyways, so A is, uh, you know, like 13 B6, you know. Um, I don't know how I do it, but I do. And I love it, so. It's in our blood. That's why we're really, (laughs) you know, because yeah, no, it's, it's, and yeah, lawyers definitely love to party. There's a, there's like a half and half. It's either you're like a crazy, well, there's like three. There's the crazy, crazy people, <laughs> like the actually like, yo, that person's nuts. The sort of normies in the middle, but we're still weird because we're in law school. And then just the straight up weirdos, like in the bottom, like the, the other half of like the type of attorney that, you know, that's always in there, like typing. The, little, the nerd. <laughs> nerdy, like transactional <laughs> attorneys. Yeah. And then like the frat boy, crazy definitely partying a lot more than anybody else type frat dudes those crazy nutties i mean yeah you'll see you'll see soon enough Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then i have one more question because i'm i don't know i want to go to law school i go back and forth um i'm making good money with coaching so i don't know 
But what advice do you have for any future law students? Um, hmm. Well, I was the president of the Black Law Students Association, and I really enjoy mentoring like people who want to go to law school or who are in law school, I should say, not necessarily want to go. Um, because law school's hard and it, uh, you have to be prepared like mentally, definitely. Like if you have any sort of like mental doubts or anxieties, they're gonna come out hundredfold in law school. Because it's not like when you go to medical school and they give you your, you know, your stethoscope. They give you your stethoscope on the first day or whatever. And they're like, you're gonna save lives. <laughs> they're like, you know, you know, fuck you, you know, half you are not going to be here by the end of this <laughs> month, you know, like this shit is hard. If you're not about this life, you shouldn't be here. Like they're like trying to break you down in law school. Um, and then it's hard. There's no quizzes. There's no like homework assignments. You have one final at the end of every class and every semester and that's your grade. Oh, wow. That's fucking crazy. (laughs) It's pressure. You know, some professors, I had like one who was really, he was a crazy, just funny ass dude. Um, Secure transactions, which is ridiculous class. Um, But he would let you do open book because he's like, this is stupid. He's like, you're a lawyer. You're like, People are not going to come into your office and they're going to ask you a question. And you're just going to be like, oh, uh, yeah, the answer is, you know, da, da, da. like it's not all in your head. You're going to have to look things up. Like, so, you know, in my class, you're able to look things up as you would if you were an attorney. Like, it shouldn't mm-hmm. all be in your head because um, that's what you're expected to do. Is like, I don't know. I feel like most people I went to law school with because I didn't go to like a top tier law school, but you know, it's a law school. You still got it done. You're still a lawyer. You know. Nobody asks where you went to law school. They just know you're a lawyer. Um, But most of the people I went to school with, I feel like we were people who were like, you know, we got by without really having to study that much. You know, like I did well, you know, but we were always the kids that were like, if they applied themselves, you know, they'd be, you know, way better. Um, So a lot of us, when we got to law school, it was like, holy shit, I actually have to like study. Like it's, it's, it's grueling. You have to study and commit things to memory and actually know why and not just like commit it to memory but then also know why it exists the policy behind it um so yeah i mean it's a lot of work be prepared mentally um for the gruel uh as a person of color be prepared or a woman be prepared for a lot of sexism and a lot of racism especially when you get to constitutional law oh my god that's when it all comes out. Oh, wow. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, you're talking about stuff from back in the day when the Constitution was made and slavery, and you're talking about all these, you know, Brown versus Brown and all these cases. And well, I mean, I mean, I don't even want to say, but people just ask the craziest questions, you know? Um, so it all comes out, and you have ridiculous professors, and yeah, it's a lot of work, but. I think it's worth it in the end. Like if you enjoy learning and you enjoy being like a critical thinker, like the way it trains your mind to think, I think is really important if you take away what you're supposed to take away. But it's definitely a lot of work. Yeah, but what they say, like, it's not worth it unless it's hard. 
I'm like three years, you know, three grueling years, you're an attorney. Um, and it's not like everywhere doesn't need a, a, an attorney. Every mm. business has an attorney. Every school has an attorney. Every individual, you know, whatever has an attorney. So it's lucrative. Um, the jobs are there. So, and you don't even have to practice law. Like if you want to be an executive somewhere, it gives you that, you know, a professional degree and that bump up just to be able to get, you know, VP somewhere, you know? Technically you are a doctor, right? Technically, yeah, but I mean, I met like a couple people who were like, I'm a doctor, like call me Dr. Juan. You're like, no one. No, <laughs> no one's calling you that. <laughs> That's really dumb. You're an Esquire. Like you can get other like doctor of law degrees, like LLMs and LL, it's ridiculous. Um, so it's technically a doctorate, just because you wear like the little puffy doctorate hat when you graduate and stuff. Um, but it just, it's, it's stupid. Like I would never, ever be like, I'm Dr. Law, (laughs) (laughs) an attorney, Esquire, like, what's up? I think this attorney is enough. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I appreciate you so much. Where can people find you? What's your Instagram? Do you got a TikTok? Do you got a Twitter? (laughs) Uh, I don't have a TikTok. But I do, I think I might make a TikTok. Like, I was feeling too old for TikTok. I was like, in my 30s, like, I don't know if I should start a TikTok. But I feel like there's always a niche for everyone on TikTok. So, you know, I might have, like, I might, might get some following or something. So I might create a TikTok. <laughs> um, but my Instagram is the Jaleesa, the J-A-L-E-S-S-A. Um, I don't talk about law on there. It's basically my, you know, my private one, but I don't really care. You know, I like to dish out advice and talk about basketball and um, partying and fun and food. Um, Cause that's also part of my other life. You know? <laughs> but, um, yeah. That's pretty much the only other social media I use, but yeah, now that you say it, I think I am going to start a TikTok. But you should, that'd be dope to have like lawyer <laughs> advice as a TikTok. You have oh, yeah. a lot of followers. Yeah. It'd be food, law, it'd be a lot of, yeah a lot of things i definitely enjoyed myself hey well thank you for coming on thank you julissa for coming on the show i hope you enjoyed this episode all about business license i am super proud to announce that i officially have my llc in the state of nevada Perry Rochelle in Co. LLC. I am open for business, baby. Let's go. I'm super proud of myself because I am a black female and I have my own business and that is huge. And I'm just super proud of myself and thankful for all my ancestors who made very hard sacrifices for me to be able to do this. So that's also um, my see a chug, send a chug this week. But I finally have my business license, guys. It was $445 in the state of Nevada. Totally worth it. Go get your business license. If you're thinking about starting a business or if you're already in business, you really need it to protect yourself in the long run. Partiers, I hope you have a fantastic week. I hope you are killing it. Keep crushing your goals. I will see you same time, same place next week. Love you, partiers.
when productivity meets party. 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 party.